I was thinking um, a little while ago about how I went, I can't even remember the movie that we went to go see, but I went with my my friend Danielle and her mom just like dropped oh. us off at this theater and it was the Dolphin Theater. So that's in like Vancouver. Yeah. Like not <laughs> like, yeah. And she literally just like, she's just like, we just opened the car and got out and then she just drove off and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> And she's like, yeah, she's going to come back to, like, pick us up. And I was like, I don't think mom and dad ever did that unless you were there. Yeah. But, like, I was so freaked out. And then it was like, it was a, it was such a sketchy theater. Yeah. <laughs> like, Especially with a... those dolphins as the... <laughs> as the greeters. The yeah. <laughs> the ushers. Yeah. <laughs> in my head putting together a dolphin impression <laughs> and then decided no the dolphin it sounds theater bad in there <laughs> it's not gonna work out here <laughs> um, um but yeah i just i remember that so vividly i was so frightened i was like why are we here <laughs> it was because they did like some sort of like really cheap like kids yeah. matinee <laughs> type so deal so sketchy i like the dolphin theater idea now i'm imagining one like at the concession (laughs) yeah that's where i was gonna go with the (laughs) but it doesn't translate to audio and all you can do is like (laughs) you know i was like how would they live how would they move around you know dolphins don't need that much water they do need some water though yeah yeah but like if like the floor was just water where it's like it could like (laughs) three feet of water on the floor i imagine them in like a cartoon sense where they're like standing up and like yeah yeah okay but if they need to like move then they just kind of like dive under and skirt around and then pop back up on their tail you really you figured it out i'm like you know what <laughs> now we just need to train dolphins to operate our theaters yeah <laughs> like 20 years from now <laughs> dolphins took my job that sounded like a weird campaign. Like, <laughs> train dolphins to operate theaters. Yeah, thing to do when I'm running for mayor. Councilwoman? Yeah. <laughs> and we'll have dolphins operating our theaters. What? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I have a very specific vision. <laughs> that's it. That's just the plot. Yep. Like, that's the only platform you're I running want. on. <laughs> <laughs> redirect public funding to training dolphins <laughs> to work in theaters oh my god that's great I'd vote for you <laughs> how, how does that work you, if you remove the it's cartoon been a weird, setting it's been a weird couple of years we're gonna have to figure it out <laughs> Are they wearing little Usher costumes? Yeah. yeah the little hat yeah. over the blowhole for decency. <laughs> for decency. <laughs> the little like, you know, the little like circular. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Allison's going to have some editing to do. <laughs> yeah. I apologize. Ready?
break. Okay. Hello, you're listening to the Odd Sisters podcast. I'm Marcy. I'm Allison. I'm Julia. And and all white men should be removed from politics and government <laughs> and everything. Just fucking fire them. <laughs> we don't let's need them fresh. anymore. Anyone let's... over the age of 30, let's just kick them out. <laughs> you know what? It's funny because she was talking about running on a platform of just talking about dolphins earlier. And I was like, yeah, right. Yeah, I know. That's me. That's me. And like, <laughs> that's not you. No, that's how she gets in there. Yeah. You see. She's like, let's oh my put God. dolphins in movie theaters. And then suddenly it's like full. Okay. So, n- <laughs> so now that you voted me in. Yeah. <laughs> I have some other dolphins. ideas. <laughs> Socialist dolphin. <laughs> And we're taking over. They're not just for fun. <laughs> They're well trained. Distract you with the uniform. Yeah. <laughs> nothing, nothing distracts like a dolphin in a hat. Nope. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's like, bam. Communism. <laughs> How did this happen? <laughs> yeah. Dolphins. <laughs> That'll be one for the history books. And then the dolphins took over. <laughs> How did Canada like, again, become a is... communist state? Oh, yeah, dolphins. <laughs> well, it all what? started with the dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, they look God. so cute in their little hats. Yeah. What are we talking about today? Dolphins. We are Wouldn't talking... it be crazy if we are talking about dolphins? That would be she so held good. She withheld I it from wish... us this whole time. I wish it was about dolphins. It's not, though. It's probably about something really serious. Not that serious. Oh, okay. Uh, we're going to dive back into the world of henry henry the eighth oh it's been a while it has been a while yeah um so i want to talk do a thing on henry the eighth and then i thought i would instead maybe just focus on the women married to henry the eighth and then he can kind of just pop in every once in a mm. while <laughs> see how he's doing yeah um, how's that leg it's gross. terrible <laughs> it's always gross can you imagine what it smelled like no. It's Everything just smelled bad. Everything definitely smelled bad back then. That was like what I was saying with Terrera or whatever. People were like, he smelled horrible. I was like, today we would like faint from that yeah, smell. You would smell him they like all eight sm- blocks away. You'd be like, what is that? Yeah. Ew. It's just this guy who eats cats. <laughs> oh, God. I forgot about everything. <laughs> <laughs> I really just pushed that out of my head. I know. Yeah, he's just like down an alleyway next to a dumpster, but you smell him and not the garbage. Yeah. Like... But... <laughs> Marcy really hated that episode. She cursed me out once it was over. Oh, she man, did. I hated it so much. As soon as I hit that record off button, it was yeah. just <laughs> profanity. <Yeah. laughs> you think I'm nice. <laughs> No one thinks I'm nice. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know if they do. <laughs> I don't think any of them think we're nice. <laughs> oh. This is why we need dolphins. They'll believe in us. <laughs> I'm just going to keep putting dolphins into this episode. No. <laughs> just stop. cemented to go into the beginning. <laughs> so I can't edit out yeah. the dolphin part. They're just all dolphins. Okay. Uh, Catherine of Aragon was born on December 16th, 1485. If anyone needs a recap, we've got two episodes sort of on Henry VIII. Which is our War of the Roses one and the Princes in the Tower one. Yeah. Anyone wants a recap? What was the last thing that we talked about him being a 
younger and they he, had that weird like ritual thing yeah, yeah they're yeah, becoming a knight yeah when what was that in that was the, the uh, princes in the tower, the princes oh, in the tower. yeah because yeah. yeah, so uh we're kind of going to jump back to like before that a little bit um but that was to make him the duke of york because there was right. like the pretender was saying i'm the duke of york right <laughs> like no. right 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 I remember yeah, that, that was certainly strange. <laughs> it was yeah. very strange. It's really hard to picture a child going through that. Yeah. Yeah. Or why you would want to put a child through that. Do you imagine a child pulling an all-nighter and like an altar? Right? Yeah. I'm a knight. I'm going to be a knight. <laughs> so weird. So weird. All right. So Catherine of Aragon. She's born 1485. Um... She is the youngest child of Queen Isabella I of Castile and King Ferdinand II of Aragon. Uh, that's the, they're kind of, I guess, usually considered the first king and queen of Spain. Um, but technically, as soon as, uh, their kingdoms aren't like joined together. So Spain is the kingdom of Aragon and the kingdom of Castile. Um, but they kind of like, they ruled together but Isabella is still the queen of Castile and then Ferdinand still the king of Aragon. Mm. So they're kind of ruling together. And then as soon as Isabella dies, uh, Ferdinand just goes back to just being the king of Aragon. And then okay. one of their children becomes the queen of Castile. Just for I feel like we talked fact. about Castile before as yep. well in the... In Charles a couple the of Bad them. and Peter the Cruel. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So we did a little bit of that. Um, yeah, just that it's kind of like, you'll see, like, because I'm like the Christopher Columbus kind of like mythos, like people will say, like, you know, he sailed to the new world for like the king and queen of Spain. But there wasn't actually like such a thing as Spain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's Isabella and mm-hmm. Ferdinand. And then they just kind of like, they were just briefly unified together and then it split up again. Mm. Okay. So we got that going on. Um, so through her mother, so through Isabella, uh, Catherine of Aragon was the great-granddaughter of Catherine of Lancaster and also the great-great-granddaughter of Philippa of Lancaster. Those are both the daughters of John of Gaunt. Uh, Catherine of Lancaster is the daughter of John of Gaunt and his first wife, and then Philippa is the daughter of him and his second wife. Mm. So he had two daughters. He married them off back into the kingdom mm-hmm. of Castile, and then as things come down, you get to... Isabella, and then Catherine of Aragon. Okay. Um, so that means that Catherine is the third cousin of Henry VII of England and the fourth cousin of his wife, Catherine of York. So she is very much related to the English monarchy. Mm. So young Catherine was, sh- quote, short in stature with long red hair, wide blue eyes, a round face, and a fair complexion. Uh, she was a very well-educated princess. She learned arithmetic. She studied history, classic literature, philosophy, religion, theology, and canon wow. law. All the things you need to know. <laughs> yeah, geez. What was the last one? Canon law. Canon law. It's like church law. Oh. Uh, so like specifically <laughs> Not the- fandoms. No. <laughs> I was actually thinking like uh, canons. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? Uh, it's like specifically like the laws that are like written in the- the Bible, Although, like, throughout it, right? <laughs> so, like, Actually, that's not canon. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Isn't that where it comes from, though? Probably. Probably, yes. Uh, so Catherine's parents uh, were given the title of Catholic Monarchs by Pope Alexander VI. Probably, uh, that's the Borgia Pope. So that might have been around the time when he was 
it could have been around the time when he was starting to become more friends with France and they were like, what are you doing? He was like, no, 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 I'm still with you guys. You get the title of Catholic Monarch. <laughs> oh, no. Basically, it meant that like of all the Catholic monarchs in Europe, they were like the most Catholic monarch. The most Catholic. You yeah. guys are the most Catholic. Good oh job. Oh, gosh. Um, Catholic supreme. But yeah, so <laughs> Catholicism was a huge part of Catherine of Aragon's upbringing and would influence her worldview for the rest of her life. She is like plus ultra Catholic, <laughs> like just insane Catholic. Super duper. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. So, it's actually not canon. <laughs> uh, very early in her life, Catherine was, quote, considered a suitable wife for Arthur, the Prince of Wales, heir apparent to the English throne. Uh, we talked about him in the other one, but just to recap, he was born 1486. So Catherine is like almost a year. She's December 1485, so she's like almost just under a year older than him. Okay. Like 10 months or something like that. Okay. Um, so these children were betrothed by proxy in 1497 and then married by proxy on May 19th, 1499. And Arthur told the Spanish ambassador who acted as the proxy for Catherine. So you get another person to stand in as your spouse so in this case it was arthur yeah and the spanish ambassador um (laughs) and he told him during the marriage ceremony that quote he much rejoiced in uh he much rejoiced to contract the marriage because of his deep and sincere love for the princess uh he's like 13 years old (laughs) okay so he's deeply in love with this princess that he's never met or seen Oh, it's like a little fan, or anything like that. Fan thing where you're like, I just really like I you. I love her. <laughs> I'd like to marry yeah. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I had to go from something from my youth, yeah. otherwise it would have sounded creepy. Yeah, that's true. Very that's true. true. <laughs> uh, so he followed up that statement with a letter to Catherine, which was written in October 1499. Um, it's written in Latin because that's the only language both Arthur and Catherine could read and write in that <laughs> speak in, I think. Oh, like a commonality. Yeah. Yeah. Because she speaks Spanish and he speaks English and French. Oh. She doesn't speak English or French and he doesn't speak Spanish. So Latin's yeah. the only thing that got going like, for them. Both like plus three in Latin or in yeah. religion. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we both speak Latin, of course. Yeah. Uh, so addressing her as my dearest spouse, he wrote... Quote, I cannot tell you what an earnest desire I feel to see your highness and how vexatious to me is this procrastination about your coming. Let it be hastened that the love conceived between us and the wished of, wished for joys may reap their proper fruit. You know, as, as a 13 year old As preteen does. stock. They're good. Yep. <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> it's so weird. It's very weird. <laughs> so. Right. <laughs> oh <laughs> or it was dictated to him yeah and he was like yeah i'll write this that sounds like appropriate thing to say yeah. to my my wife uh I'm so picturing like things that i would have written when i was 13 uh-huh. <laughs> or like we've Would've talked about like our word journal entries before vexatious but like 13 i guess my handwriting was fine but i was trying to picture like as a kid when like you do your d's backwards <laughs> <Yeah>. and, like, <laughs> your highness yeah <laughs> I saw a rock today and I thought of you. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait to visit. (laughs) I don't know why we gave him this voice, but I'm loving it. (laughs) It's very regal. Yeah. I'm (laughs) Alpha. You pretty. (laughs) 
like the world's worst Valentine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Catherine arrived in England in October 1501. She was accompanied by a Spanish ambassador, a bishop, an archbishop, and, quote, a group of her African attendants who were considered luxury servants at the time. Nice. (laughs) Okay. Why do you need a bishop and an archbishop? Sorry. She's super Catholic. She needs them both. Yep, very much. Power boosts. <laughs> so I said, plus yeah, three. Yeah, plus three. Plus five, Archbishop. <laughs> it's an upgrade. Yeah. <laughs> plus I gave him a really cool hat. So it's another <laughs> plus one. <laughs> I'm sure he has a great hat. So she met Arthur for the first time on November 4th, 1501. And they both learned that they had actually been taught different pronunciations of Latin, so they couldn't properly understand each other when they talked. Aww. The one thing they had in common, and it's gone. Yep. Uh, I don't speak Latin, so I don't fully understand that, but I guess maybe there's, like, one way to pronounce, like... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's totally like a Quebec French and yeah. French, French, French French. Yeah. Yeah. Or, like, sometimes when you listen to someone from, like, some weird rural part in England speak, and you're like, what did you just... Or Newfoundlanders, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good at I'm I'm good at accents. Like oftentimes somebody will come in with like a really thick accent and mm-hmm. no one understands them and I'm like, I get you. <laughs> Got it. Although for some reason lately I've had this weird thing. I don't know if it's like my brain or my ears, where like I'll hear somebody talking, like overhearing, and I think that they're speaking another language and then slowly it solidifies that they're just speaking English and I've like just because you weren't listening. Yeah. But it sounds like almost like Charlie Brown language at first. So I'm like, <laughs> not not at mu- that much. Yeah. But like somebody like I heard this dad talking to his kid the other day and I thought he was speaking fluent French and then it, like he wasn't. <laughs> it was just English. That's I was weird. like, what's wrong with me? Some it, people do switch languages. Like uh, Sebastian's mom, French is her first language and she's definitely a lot more comfortable speaking French and sometimes he'll speak to her in French but he'll like do like a sentence in French a sentence in English a sentence in French a sentence in like yeah mm-hmm. so there are people that kind of like yeah they switch it in their head where they're like I know how to say this in French so I'll say it but I'm not quite sure how to say the next thing in French so English and then back to French sure so maybe that's what happened too. maybe, maybe. <laughs> I hope so otherwise <laughs> something's wrong <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so they meet each other. Um, Arthur would later write to his parents that, quote, he was immensely happy to behold the face of his lovely bride. The young couple was officially married on November 14th, 1501. And, uh, Catherine had a dowry of two, uh, 200,000 ducats, um, half of which was sent to Henry VII just a few days after the wedding. Mm. Second half to be delivered. I'm not quite sure. Maybe the second half was supposed to be like... If they had, I don't a know. Kid or something. Yeah. Because they're Down pretty payment. young. Yeah. Well, they're pretty young. So I wonder if it was kind of like, I'll send you this half of it now. And then like, once they have a kid, you'll get the other half. Or like, once it's consummated, uh, you'll get the yeah, other half. I was going to say consummated thing. because they are quite young. And, yeah. and easily people would annul those things constantly. Yes. Right. Yeah. So. Which, especially for they? Catholics, they're not going to want to go through like that. 16? 1501. Let me quickly do some math. I'm just, my brain's not working well enough to do that right now. 1485. Catherine's 16, so he's 15. Yeah. But that's pretty That's pretty young. I mean, definitely teenagers will... There are some teenagers that, you know, become sexually active, but I think there's a difference between being, like, 15 and 16 in the 1500s, and then you're forced to be with someone. Yeah. Like, you might be a little bit like, 
uh, what I'm supposed to do? Like they don't speak the right Latin. Watching. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so Arthur Tudor, if anyone's wondering, uh, what he looked like, he was quote unusually tall for his age. He also had reddish hair, probably because they're both related to the same person. Uh, small <laughs> eyes and a high bridge nose. He was described as amiable and gentle. Uh, Arthur was well-educated. He learned grammar, poetry, rhetoric, ethics, and history. He was really good at archery. He was a really good dancer. Um, He's got a shit ton of titles. (laughs) Long legs. Uh, He's got a whole bunch of titles. He's the Prince of Wales. He's got extensive land grants. He's just like, you know. He's the whole deal. He's the whole deal. What you Small want in a eyes and all. Yeah. The whole package. Uh, and he was being served. <laughs> he was I know being it's my served. husband. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, he had uh, a whole bunch of like, I don't know. What you, it says like kind of like servants, but like nobility that are like. Mm. Working with him, serving him. Um, one of them is Gerald Fitzgerald, the ninth <laughs> Earl of Kildare, who had been brought to the English court um, to kind of punish his father for his role in the Lambert Simnel thing. So when Lambert, the first guy that pretended to be, uh, oh yeah, yeah, he was pretending to be one of the princes from the tower, and he went to Ireland, and they were like crowned him the king, and then they very quickly got put down by yeah. uh, Henry the Seventh. Um, so Gerald Fitzgerald's father was the guy in Ireland that was like, yeah, he's totally the king, won an army. <laughs> right. And, and so I love now how... his son's been taken to England. Oh, my God. To serve Arthur. <laughs> I love how they did that. There's the other guy that, like, got the job in the kitchens. That was Lambert. So Lambert's oh, okay. in the kitchens. And Fitzgerald is now working for Arthur. <laughs> and hopefully in the kitchens. Yeah. No, he's not. He's Because he's oh. noble. Lambert was just some peasant that looked like one of the princes remember that oh, weird priest yeah. grabbed yeah. him and yeah, was yeah. like he's like hey small boy <laughs> yeah. yeah you look like king or prince richard <laughs> let's, let's go ridiculous um so following the official marriage of catherine uh and arthur they went off to ludlow castle where arthur was to preside over the council of wales and the marches so basically it's like on the border of England and Wales. He's basically going to go over there and act like as the king just for that little area. So they, like mm. practice being king. So sometime you're going to be the sure king the of all of England, but for right now just go over there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. They're like, yay, we get to be the test <laughs> site. <laughs> and the marshes. So as mentioned, Arthur's not the only child of Henry VII and his wife, as we know. Uh, so while Ar- Arthur was off managing Wales, his siblings, Margaret and Henry and Mary, were all in England with their mother, Elizabeth of York. Uh, the other children split their lives between two palaces. They were either at Eltham Palace, which is in Greenwich, or Els- Elsling? Fucking just, I don't know. <laughs> Elsing Palace in Enfield. Okay. Um, Henry VII and Elizabeth referred to both of these palaces as their nurseries. They'd just be like, where's the children? Oh, they're out of one of our nurseries. <laughs> All right. You get a whole palace as your nursery. Yeah. Um, the young Tudor children were very close with one another and very close with their mother. Elizabeth York was uh, very much involved in their lives, so much so that recent analysis of her youngest son's handwriting shows that it is almost identical to hers. So that means that Elizabeth York uh, was the person that taught Henry VIII to read and write because oh. he writes exactly like her, right. not we some royal We talked about tutor. that as yeah. well in the last one, too. 
So she's very much involved in that. And they're like really, really like, Arthur's off learning how to be king. These mm-hmm. are kind of like extra children. So they're kind of <laughs> actually getting to have like a bit more of a childhood. And they actually have a really close like sibling relationship with mm-hmm. each other, which is nice. It's mm-hmm. going to change, but it's nice. <laughs> Um, life for Henry and his sisters wasn't all palaces and sunshine and roses. Um, they'd already lost one of their siblings. Her name was Elizabeth, and she died in 1495 when she was, like, five years? No, like, three years old. Okay. Um, and in 1500, so just before Arthur and Catherine got married, their baby brother Edmund also died. Oh. And things were about to get way worse for them. Oh. Because <laughs> at Ludlow Palace, both Arthur and Catherine had gotten really, really sick. So exactly what they were ill with is unknown. Um, Most people bring up this thing called the sweating sickness, which is also sometimes called the English sweating sickness. (laughs) Uh, It was an epidemic that struck rural communities in England between 1485 and 1551 and then just kind of vanished. And no one knows where it went. It's just gone now. Weird. It's disappeared. And sorry, did you say just royal family? Rural. Rural. Oh. (laughs) So... what? what they think How might no. Yeah. <laughs> what they think might have happened. It's like, you fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> well, because they're off in that area in Wales, right? So they're not in the city. Right. Or what? I mean, I'm not sure what kind of city London was like at the time, but they yeah. were in London. Now they've gone off to like the countryside. Basically, they're in a castle, but they're in the country. And um, what they think happened was 1485 is when Henry the Seventh was coronated king. And they think a whole bunch of people from all over England came into the city and maybe caught something that they didn't really have an immunity to because they'd never been there before. And then they went back home and then oh. it just spread because it actually didn't spread in cities at all. No one in London got the sweating sickness. Mm. It all happened outside. Um, but it is the victims suddenly they just break out suddenly into an intense sweat. They will have headaches, delirium, rapid pulse, intense thirst, and exhaustion. Sometimes getting so exhausted that they just collapse because they're so like tired. The flu. Uh, it lasts for about one day, and then the victim either recovers or dies. Oh my god! Um, and there's no immunity to it, so just because you recover doesn't mean you can't get it again. You could recover, and then four days later get it all over again, or weeks later, or wow. months later. You know, just like chug a Powerade or something. Yeah, I got (laughs) really, 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 really sick. And so did Julia and so did Sean one time. Yeah. Um, And um, it only lasted a day. It was like the most intense I've ever been sick in my entire life. But it was just 24 hours and the next day we were fine. Yeah. Yeah. It was so weird. Yeah. And that could be part of it. Like if it was like a flu type thing, right? Like we know now what to do if you get that flu and you understand that like, you know, if you're sweating or if you have upset stomach or if you're throwing up that you're losing fluids and yeah, you know drink how to water. put more stuff into your body. They don't have that. So mm-hmm. that could be part of it too is just that the doctors at the time were like, leeches. Leech them. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was the vibe. Yeah. <laughs> how do we get more blood out of these people? <laughs> oh, he died. Uh, so both, Arthur and Catherine got whatever this disease was, and Arthur died on April 2nd, 1502. However, the 16-year-old Catherine of Aragon recovered, which might have been a great like reawakening for her after dealing with the sweating sickness to wake Jesus. up and be like, oh, so now I'm like a widowed teenager in a foreign country? That That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> great. Fun. Sucks. Do any of you speak Latin? Can I have my dowry back? <laughs> or... Uh... Uh, so when Henry VII learned of Arthur's death, he broke down in grief. 
Um, he wasn't just upset about his son dying, although he was very upset about his son dying. Um, mm-hmm. By all accounts, he was actually, in terms of, like, a king, he was actually really close with all his kids and really liked all of them and, like, just constantly, like, spoiled them and was around them whenever he could be. So he was very, very upset. Uh, but also now he's really, like, worried about his whole, like, dynasty and legacy and all that sort of stuff because he's only got Henry left. And mm. obviously there's no guarantee that Henry's not going to die. Like, we yeah. know he's not going to die now yeah. because, yeah. you know, history. But at the time, like, Arthur was a very healthy person. He was yeah. a very athletic person. And now he's just gone. So that's pretty scary. Um, but his wife, quote, comforted him, telling him that he was the only child of his mother and had survived to become king. So, like, don't worry about Henry. You got here. <laughs> Henry will be fine. Wow. Right? Um, and that God had <laughs> left him with a son and two daughters, and that they, meaning Henry VII and Elizabeth the York, not their children, uh, they were both young enough to have more children. So she's mm. like, he, she's like 35, I think, at this point. He's like in his 40s-ish. Mm. So she's like, just like, relax. You, you got Henry. Don't think about him dying. Like, <laughs> that's not a good way to think. And we can have more kids. Don't worry. Everything will be good. So... Uh, once he was relaxed she then was like okay i can just i'm gonna just step away for like five minutes and she went into her own chamber where she immediately just broke down herself she's mm-hmm. also lost her kids and like yeah she was close with arthur as well um her ladies in waiting then ran off to fetch the king who in turn comforted his wife <laughs> so my turn she <laughs> relaxed him she went off had her little cry he came in relaxed her so they're both supporting each other through yeah. this whole thing um, and they took that whole young enough to have more children statement seriously because within a few months of Arthur dying, Elizabeth York was pregnant again. So <laughs> they're yeah, like, go to it. Let's get right to it. Comforted her. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I understand that had a double meaning now. <laughs> Unfortunately, a meaning in that. <laughs> their oh, their no. next their daughter was born on February second, fifteen o three, and she tragically died just a few days later. And then oh, no. Elizabeth the York succumbed to a postpartum infection and died on February 11th, 1503. So maybe not so young enough to have some more kids. Henry VII lost his son after losing two children already. Lost his son, then lost his baby, then lost his wife. All with like really, really quick. And so... I bet none of this is going to have any effect on him. No. Oh, and, really? and for Henry VIII, he's lost his siblings, his oldest brother, who I'm sure he probably looked up to in some form, and then his mother and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So the whole entire Tudor family is just absolutely devastated. Henry VII locked himself away. He, like, put himself into solitary and wouldn't let anyone come in and talk to him except for his mother, who, by the way, is still alive. Um, Today? <laughs> yeah, still yeah. now. But still. that's crazy. <laughs> like, uh, that's the... She's alive in all of us. <laughs> Margaret Beaufort is her name. So the... The woman who, like, as, like, a 13-year-old gave birth to Henry VII and then, like, sent him off into exile and then was, like, all involved in that War of the Roses. She's still alive in 1503. She's still going. Um, This is a quote from uh, Wikipedia. This is just a picture that exists. It's, like, one of the first kind of, like, artwork things that shows Henry VIII. So I have Mm. it put in here. Uh, It says, in 2012, the Vox... Vox Passional, an illuminated manuscript that was once the property of Henry VII, was rediscovered in the National Library of Wales. It depicts the aftermath of Elizabeth's death vividly. Henry VII is shown receiving the book containing the manuscript in mourning robes with a doleful expression on his face. In the background behind their father are the queen, uh, late queen's daughters, Mary and Margaret, in black veils, and the red-headed and the redhead of eleven-year-old Prince Henry is shown weeping into the sheets of his mother's empty bed. 
Oh. There's another pink I was wondering why I said red head. I was like, <laughs> yeah. that's weird. So it was head down. Yeah. Covering. <laughs> Um, there's another picture, too, that Henry VII had commissioned that is um, him and his wife, and it's done after she's passed away, I'm pretty sure. It's him and his wife, and then behind his wife are all of his daughters, including the daughters that died. So it's mm. Elizabeth of York, and then Margaret and Mary, and then Elizabeth, their daughter that died, and then Catherine, their daughter that died, and then it's Henry VII, and then Arthur, um, Henry the and their brother Edmund but they're also not like the babies aren't drawn as babies they're all done like adults <laughs> it's really really weird interesting that he was like he that's how just I don't know emotionally attached to his family was like the fact that like two of his kids died as babies he didn't no he wasn't like just forget about them <laughs> like he yeah. was like mm-hmm. my all these are all my children so yeah anyway I think that's an interesting mm-hmm. there's so many like I mean it's medieval times um, and there's so many children that just like they even think that the one Edmund who died probably died from the plague. Oh. So there's like so many people that died during the plague and stuff like that. And there's so many like children that are just kind of like, we don't know anything about them. <laughs> like, yeah. That was just kind of the end of it. Whereas he was actually like trying, like making commissioning art to be like, to remember all them. my kids. Yeah. yeah. So interesting. It's interesting. He actually really liked them. That's good. Yeah. Anyway, meanwhile, while the Tudors are going through all of this, uh, Catherine of Aragon was still in England. Um, her father <laughs> sent a letter to Henry VII asking for the return of his daughter and her dowry. He was like, no, no, no. I'm sorry about your son. I'm sorry about this whole thing with your wife, all this sort of shit. But uh, can I please have my daughter back? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all I my still money? need to like, marry her off, yeah. so I'm going to need these funds. Uh, Henry didn't want to do that. He didn't want to give no. the money back. He didn't want to give Catherine back. Uh, again, Catherine was a descendant of John of Gaunt. And therefore, descendant of Edward III and a more legitimate descendant than he was technically. So she is like bringing yeah. legitimacy to his entire like rule. So he's like, I can't give her back. Like, that's not yeah. going to work. Uh, so he wrote back to Ferdinand um, saying that he was actually going to marry her. So <laughs> Henry. <laughs> yeah. Henry VII said, I'm not sending her home. I'm going to marry her. Yeah. What? Yeah. Uh, and Ferdinand wrote back. No. Uh, uh, lol yep good joke (laughs) yep he responded with something along the lines of you most certainly will not be marrying my teenage daughter i do not give you permission to do that um and once again was like can you just send her back to me give me back the money and he also pointed out that people are really going to question the legitimacy of your children if you married your dead son's wife <laughs> like yeah even in sus. 1500s that's <laughs> fucking weird like don't do it yeah uh and so henry the seventh replied was like oh sorry did i say i was gonna marry her i meant the other hunt henry my son yeah he's going to marry her <laughs> <laughs> i was just speaking of myself in third person yeah. henry will henry. marry her <laughs> my son you weirdo God. uh so ferdinand didn't really like this option either um, but at this point, he's on his own. So his wife's already passed away. It's just him. Um, and his one of his older daughters, Joanna, has is now the Queen of Castile. And so he's also kind of like, unfortunately, in terms of the 1500s, this is how they're thinking, that Catherine's like 18 years old. She's already been married. Mm-hmm. She will later testify that that marriage was never consummated. But, you know, people will question it a little bit. Yeah. And now she's not the daughter of like the queen of Castile and the king of Aragon anymore. She's just the daughter of the king of Aragon. So her kind of like value as a princess is kind of like 
gone down. Yeah. So he just leaves her in England. He doesn't really like that she's now engaged to like an 11 year old since she's 18, but he also doesn't have anyone else waiting. Like no one's being like, well, I'll marry her. Um, So he just leaves her there. Uh, But he doesn't send, um, sorry, uh, Henry VII asks him to send the other half of the dowry. So the other 100,000 ducats. He's like, send this over and I'll make the the engagement between my 11 year old and your 18 year old official. And Ferdinand doesn't do it. (laughs) He doesn't send it. Uh, probably because he's like there's no guarantee you're gonna freaking marry her and i'm sending you this money and now i've lost two hundred thousand ducats like no fucking way child i'll keep the hundred thousand thank you (laughs) um so this thus resulted in Catherine basically living as a prisoner at durham house in london so she's there she's not being like her dowry hasn't been sent so henry the seventh isn't really like getting putting a bunch of money into her household or anything but she's not technically in the tower of london so she's not really a prisoner but yeah but she's not allowed to leave. She can't leave. She's just stuck there. Yeah. Uh, so some of the letters she wrote to her father complaining of her treatment have survived. In one of these letters, she tells him that, quote, I choose what I believe and say nothing, for I am not as simple as the- I may seem. She had very little money uh, and struggled to cope as she had to support her ladies-in-waiting as well as herself. Uh, oh. In 1507, she served as the Spanish ambassador to England. She was the first female ambassador in European history. And uh, everyone in Henry VII's kind of court and council were like, this is a fucking great idea. We'll just get her to do whatever I want. Like, what's this, like, young girl going to do to, like, speak against us? But she just constantly proved them wrong. They'd be like, write to your father and say this. And she'd be like, fuck no. (laughs) I will not do that. Uh, So she's a bit of a force to be reckoned with in whatever capability she has. Yeah. Uh, Meanwhile, Henry VII is half-heartedly attempting to find a second wife. Um, he thought about marrying Joanna of Castile, so Catherine's sister, uh, and he also thought about marrying Margaret of Savoy. Nothing really happened with those, and then he finally decided he was going to marry Joanna of Naples. Maybe uh, she's oh, the daughter Joanna's. of yeah, she's the daughter of Ferrante, who we talked about in our Borgia episode. Mm. Um, he sent an ambassador to Naples with a letter that was basically it was a physical description of he was like if Joanna of Naples fits this description I 100% want to marry her if she doesn't I'm not interested. Um, so wow. it's a description of what he desired in a wife and if you read oh, the letter no. it's basically just a description about Elizabeth of York. Aww. That's all it is. He's just describing Elizabeth of York in the letter. <laughs> it's not anything else. He um, needs to pull a Nero. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and Joanna didn't <laughs> no, meet those no standards. No one needs to do that. <laughs> Joanna didn't. Find a boy. No. So he, he never remarried anyone. He just, Elizabeth the York. And what's interesting is um, he married Elizabeth the York because that was part of his like takeover plan was like mm-hmm. to unite the houses. And that was how he got a bunch of the Yorkists over to his side too. Was he's like, I'm going to marry Elizabeth the York. But he actually didn't trust her for like a really long time. Especially in the, like, the beginning of their reign. He thought maybe she would turn against him and join the York the Yorkists and stuff mm-hmm. like that um but obviously they fell in love with each other at a certain point because he was like this is what i want and the ambassador was like this is just your dead wife <laughs> i don't know if she can live up to those standards no. but uh henry VII died of tuberculosis at richmond palace on the 21st of april 1509 uh he was buried in the chap uh, westminster abbey right next to elizabeth his mother survived him, but died two months later on June 29th, 1509. Margaret oh, Beaufort a was a beast. really like, hard Jeez. woman to kill. <laughs> Jesus. So the 17-year-old Henry Tudor became King Henry VIII, uh, and he declared that he would marry Catherine of Aragon as that was his father's dying wish. 
So according to canon law, church law, we talked about earlier, a man, it's canon. <laughs> a man cannot marry his brother's widow. However, it also says that basically any marriage is dissolvable, so you can annul it as long as it has not been consummated. And Catherine testified that her marriage to Arthur Tudor had never been consummated, and the Pope granted this, like, special disposition that was basically, like, I, as the Pope who speaks to God, say, like, you two can get married, even though all this stuff. Uh, But technically, when their wedding happened, none of that stuff had really officially been resolved. Technically, Uh, you could argue that it was still kind of not allowed. Uh, But when they got married on June 11th, 1509, Henry VIII never thought about that never considered it didn't have any reason to not want to be married to Catherine. how old is he now he is 17 17 yeah um but that would eventually change very very quickly Mm. (laughs) that's going to change which i'll do in another episode because otherwise this will be forever long and she's what 25 she is yeah it's 1509 hold on i didn't write it down they were seven years apart, I think. Yeah. 24. He's 17. She's 24. <laughs> Can you imagine marrying a 17-year-old boy when you're 24? And like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. yeah. Garbage bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. There's a part of it, too. I was thinking about this on my way over with that, the whole night of the bath thing, and which we talked about in the Princess in the Tower episode, how there's a historical record of it like someone wrote down exactly what went through and then henry as an adult went back and edited it as to how he remembered it he like crossed out things and changed things and the documentary i watched on like kind of his early life was talking about how he always thought of himself as a knight and i think part of that marrying catherine is part of that mentality thing yeah i think it's he thinks he's doing something honorable and chivalrous that it's like this is my father's dying wish and this poor woman who's been in England this whole time, just kind of in this weird limbo, like, yes, I'm going to be do the honorable thing and marry her, as was mm. promised, and uphold this. And then he's very quickly going to find someone that he actually wants, and then it's all just going like, to just get yeah, thrown I mean, out. Like, everything <laughs> just fucking falls off after that. Yeah. yeah. So interesting. Um, I thought about doing more about Catherine. If anyone's wondering why, I just stopped there. But you can't talk about the other half of her life without talking about Anne Boleyn, and then everything that's gets just so going to be yeah too much yeah. to do. Um, but I thought it would be important to know about everything with Arthur. Yeah, I didn't actually know how Arthur died or like anything about her coming there or what mm-hmm. happened to her after Arthur died or yeah. anything like that. So it's interesting. And it's important because, again, like what we were talking about with the princes in the tower one, there's no that picture of Henry when he's 11 years old. That's the first thing that, apart from like, you know, things in the family where they might have like, you know, like a calendar where they wrote down, this is Henry's birthday or something like that. Like, yeah. there's nothing about Henry. They didn't even figure out that handwriting thing until recently about his mom teaching him how to write and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, there's very, very little he, information like, about him. Extra. Yeah. He's just another child. Until Arthur there. dies. Yeah. And then, yeah. Again, there's not a lot. It's just nuts. really quickly, like, <laughs> all right. I mean, I guess they had six years to teach him how to be king. So they're just like, go, 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 yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, interesting. So, so you get for a rush job, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. But it's also interesting cracks. to see how... Cracks in the masonry. <laughs> <laughs> the relationship between... Um, <laughs> cracks. The relationship between his parents is just so different than, I think, any relationship he has with any of his wives. Yeah. So I think it'll also be an interesting thing to compare and contrast, knowing mm-hmm. how Elizabeth the York and Henry the Seventh were just so... I don't know 
close to each other, I guess. I don't want to say in love because <laughs> they didn't like fall. I guess they did fall in love just after they were married and already had a baby. Yeah. Which is awkward. <laughs> I feel like that was uncommon. I feel, like, I feel like I've read that romance novel. <laughs> you definitely have. Maybe a few times. <laughs> just saying. Not the same one. No. I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> They don't have rereadability. No, no. Just once, and then you put it away in shame. I mean, not I'd even one of it. <laughs> I couldn't even make it through mine. <laughs> if I have them, like if I'm reading one, I'll read it, and then I'll like just drop it in one of those book things. Oh yeah, like it doesn't even come home. Like, like the library. Yeah. Like the yeah. It doesn't belong here. No. <laughs> no. Anyway. Anyway, that was yeah. great. Thanks. I, a lot uh, of information. You know, we've been doing some information-heavy episodes lately. Yeah. I'm going to try and find one that's just kind of stupid. <laughs> yeah. Silly and stupid. Yeah. I don't know. If anybody has any suggestions on uh, topics, that would be good. Because I have no idea. I've been really struggling over the last, like, three weeks to find it's, stuff. It's just been a weird time. As far as like finding mental space to do things like this, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's a hard one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hope but you enjoy. I like these ones. I'm learning stuff. Yeah. Other people <laughs> are learning stuff. Works out well. Yeah. It's just the only thing that sucks about these ones is that like there's like eight names. Yeah. And same thing with yeah, your the so Rome many. like the you know no the, the yeah the Rome one. They repeat their names so much, and then yeah. they add other ones, and I can't pronounce half of them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they definitely like to. They named all their children after like people in their family, but then it gets awkward because then you're just using the same names yeah. over and over again. It's yeah. like I'm Henry, and I was named after Henry. whatever. Yeah. Son of Henry. Yeah. Daughter of Elizabeth. <laughs> Daughter of Elizabeth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cousin of Mary. <laughs> yeah, it's just like what. No, yeah. this isn't that Mary. It's the other Mary that did this. Oh, my, oh God. my God. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Not that one. The other one. Ridiculous. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Follow us on social media. Oh, oh I didn't no. mean to yawn just then. I'm sorry. I need some more coffee. I'm just going to go sleep. Yeah, I've got like a couple hours before dinner. <laughs> thanks for listening, guys. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. Oh, we don't ever see people. I see you. Oh, yeah. You have to leave now.